Turn your Bible to the book of Luke. I've lied to you already. It's Matthew 16. <clears throat> That's the reason my Bible fell open to it. I had my marker in it. There's another passage in Luke, but I want to stick with Matthew chapter 16. Follow along, I'll begin reading in verse 1. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting him, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it shall be, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the Discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of... Of the four thousand, and how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Not long ago, a friend of mine said to me, I don't think God is as concerned about doctrine as you are. And I said, well, being fair with me, I'm sure he ain't as upset about Santa Claus and Easter bunnies and such like as I am. As a young Christian, I wondered why people I knew were really celebrating Christmas and Easter. I think it's because a baby in a hay box is not a threat. And a corpse on the tree is not one you got to bow to. And so on and on and on we go. And I agree with him about that. I said, but doctrine, the doctrine of the Bible, the Word of God, is very important, and it's important enough that it's addressed right here. Now, those of you that can be provoked, look up, O ye of little faith. Christ deals with five, uh, well, four really, companion verse in, in Luke, we won't go there. But four times Christ chides his followers with this phrase, O ye of little faith. This is just one, and it. I want to compare little faith with this faith to trust Christ when we do not understand spiritual truth. Now, this lesson I was agreeing with one another a while ago. After all these years, we really need the Lord. <laughs> And we really need to pray for one another. Brethren, unto me, less than the least of these, my brethren, is this grace given, that I could preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ to you folks. Now let's go with this. 
faith to trust Christ when we do not understand spiritual truth. Little faith concentrates more on physical things. The many accounts of that in the Old Testament New Testament, and it's an open nerve in church life at this particular time. They had forgotten to take bread. Matthew 6, one of the times Christ says, O ye little faith, he tells them, Matthew 6, 30 through 34, do not be, take no thought. Do not be over anxious about physical things. Your part, what you think you deserve, even needs. And the basic needs of life is addressed there in Matthew 6. He knows. He feeds the little birds. He'll take care of us. Matthew chapter 4, one of the great temptations of Christ was to command these stones be made bread. Matthew 13, verse 22, one of the reasons that people fall away from the influence of the gospel and fall away from following Christ is the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Mark records lust for other things. I'm addressing little faith concentrates more on physical things. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. So it's very present thing in our life, those of us that are affluent, and if you don't think you're affluent, talk to Brother Varney about a place or two we have been. You are very affluent people. Our assignment is handling it and it not handling and controlling us, and I can tell you some funny and some sad stories about that. Little faith fails to understand spiritual truth. Verse 7 and 11, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we've taken no bread. Verse 11, How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not unto you concerning bread, that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Leaning to our own understanding, we are almost always wrong. God's uh, move men to pin to us. Lean not unto thine own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him. We must not always be over anxious about physical things. Physical things matter. But in chapter 8, Christ sent the multitudes away for they were seeking him for physical things. They was going to make him a king and he just disappeared from them. Uh, Oh, ye of little faith. Matthew chapter 6, the command is this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added. Now, believing that and trying to live it out, I've been called by high-minded people a simple-minded moron. If it seems right, I'll return the favor by calling them a high-minded idiot. I admit, I'm just a simple country hick from southeast Arkansas. But I try and pray and cry sometimes trying to obey God and not let physical matters interfere with my relationship with my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And some of you know my darling wife. She has been through some physical challenges. She and Sister Peggy Morgan are the, those old praying women are the flashpoint of the move of God. First we started trying to get right with our wife. And we said, we better get right with the Lord, and then it'll work out. 
Got that kind of about half to two, and God began to save people. And I prayed, oh, Lord, help me with this. And I think the Lord showed me. The flashpoint was those two old women. They just would not give up on God. Now, they just and justified in giving up on myself and the other elder. In, I started to say in the middle of the Jerry, but somewhere in this move of God, one of the sisters, Sister Peggy Morgan's daughter, overdosed on prescription drugs and died. My wife came down with renal failure, blood clots in lungs, and the COVID-19 put her in the bed, bed fast. She could not roll halfway over. You know what those two old women did? It's my turn. Well, glory to God! They just kept on praying. In the middle of all that fiery trail, they just kept on praying. Physical matters did not turn their heart and mind from God. Now, my wife has a saying, I believe it to be true. Anyone or anything that you allow to come between you and Jesus Christ is your idol. Don't do that. Seek Him with all your heart. Little faith Reasons among yourself. Now, at a time as a young preacher, I could see my life savings, my, my retirement savings was uh, being depleted. It was like it was hemorrhaging. And so I got me up a nice, impressive resume and went around trying to get a job. Two of my cousins had an old-time service station, and I can fix flats and change mufflers. They said, we just don't need anybody right now. So I went out to the ladies' garment factory, and they almost begging me to come in off the street and move boxes. She said, we don't need you. I'll call you. And I started to leave, and I said, well, you got any idea? And she said, no, I'll call you. When I turned around and left, Sister Nita, I knew she would never call me. And she never called me. Well, I got home and laid my impressive resume on the bed and got out on my knees and began to pray. Now, these are not the words I said, but it comes out of that prayer like this. Give us today our daily bread. And the Spirit of God arrested me and stopped me. Our life does not revolve around physical matters. And that prayer, my brother and sister, the Spirit of God arrested me, brother, that prayer did not start like that. It don't start out, give me some bread today. It starts out, Our Father, who art in heaven, would be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On down in the prayer we start pleading for bread. The Lord told me something that afternoon. Kneeling by the bed. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added to you. Lean into your own understanding. Why is this happening to me? Now, some of us are old enough and mature enough, we don't ask ourselves the question anymore. What did I do to deserve this? We know just a little little examination, and you deserve worse than anything that's ever happened to you. If I'd have done this, if I'd have done that, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done that, now you may not have ever thought like that. I'm telling on myself in front of friends. I'm going to tell you, and I told some of the young men, Listen, you ain't never going to find her. If I'd have... She's so elusive. Listen to me. Face it. 
You say, well, if I'd have done this, you didn't. If I hadn't have done that, you did. Face it, instead of questioning and maybe questioning God about it, face it, you did that, you did not do what that other, and you have to face it. These physical matters get right up in our face between us and our loving Lord. That's one of the issues to the churches in the Revelation. Little faith does not remember God's blessing. Verse 9 and 10. Do you not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000, how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets you took up? Who, who remembered how many baskets was left? The first account. Twelve. Said she was running the files. I didn't want her to pass out under the stress there. Seven on the other one. Leftovers. We've all had it, brother and sister. More than we ever thought we would have. An abundance. Just about every area of our life we have an abundance and leftovers. I can tell you we're so well off in this nation. If I was going to start a business, with a little old dead horse town we're in, it would be uh, exercise and makeup for women or uh, mini storage. I run them down the road. I've been in 44 states. You can go out there somewhere. It don't look that much population there. And long, strong row of uh, places to store stuff, mini storage. I mentioned it in the church one time. A lady come to me and she said, you just don't understand. I said, well, help me. She said, you're talking about we have so much stuff we've accumulated, we don't have room for it, so we have to rent a mini storage. I started to go over to that old sitcom and said, did I say that? But I didn't. I said, I said it. Yes. She said, I put my winter stuff there in the summer and I put my summer stuff there in the winter. I said, there's proof positive you got more stuff than you got room for. So you have to go rent a mini story. We're talking about not remembering the blessings of God. I was showing slides one time of a mission work, a mission trip, and a little bitty sign about like that said, Dentist here two hours on Sunday afternoon. Give the time. Dr. Johnny Green said, that ain't much time. He don't have time to hardly do anything. I said, he got all the time to do all they got money to pay for. So he took it on himself, took his wife and his accomplice, associate, and went and helped out fixing people's teeth. Do you understand? There's a song to that effect. If I could sing, I'd be dangerous. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Next. Yes, we do. We do have times of need in our life. We have burdens. We're supposed to bear one another's burdens. But don't, don't let that come between you and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now into the message. Little faith does not understand the danger of false doctrines of men. And that's what I want to preach to you about, the danger of false doctrines. Verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Verse 11. How is it that you do not understand 
that I spake it not to you concerning bread that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Now, if I, unless I miss something with the exception of Leviticus 23, leaven is always presented as evil in the Bible. You can help me with that if I'm wrong. Leviticus 23, verse 6, the priest is there with a single unleavened wave offering. In that same chapter, in verse 12, seven Sabbaths and one day later. Seven times seven, how many? And plus one is how many? Fifty. In Leviticus. Seven Sabbaths and one day later, the priest is standing there with a fistful of leavened. It's the only place I can find this in the positive. Leavened wave offering. I'm about, to, I'm about to get cited again, Brother Varney. You get to the New Testament and this single unleavened wave over. Jesus Christ himself offered himself up without spot to God. Seven Sabbaths. And one day later, here comes a fist full of leaven. And let me tell you, the best Barney Bryant can do, he's still got a little leaven in him. And the best our church can come up with, we still got a little leaven. We are still addressing Leaven that we got from the Roman Catholics. I could go down the list. I try to refrain from that because people's nose holes will start swelling up and I may not get to come back. Most of what goes on in our churches is less than 300 years old. Like Brother Barnes said, check it out. You can read. You know, I can sight read. And you can just check it out for yourself. What do you do? Come together. Come together praying. Come to the other seeking the Lord. Sing. Even if you just all you can call it like Brother Chris Morgan, our chief leader, uh, elder, uh, singer, teacher, just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Do you know when we sing, Jesus Christ is here singing with us? Psalm 22, Hebrews 2, he comes and sings in the midst of the congregation. That helps us understand some spiritual truth and not caught in this trap of religious entertainment and performance that's called worship. Let me go one more step. Too many preachers preach not Jesus Christ, but they preach themselves. And they have groomed a congregation. The preacher's got faith in his preaching. We have a congregation with faith in their faith. They come together and worship their worship. And I can tell you from experience, you touch it and it's an open nerve. And it will cause some backlash. Christ exposes two sources of evil doctrine. Pharisees and Sadducees. And he warns his disciples of the result of their doctrine. What did the Pharisees do? Extended the law to include their rules and dogma. Mark chapter 7. Christ said you worship in vain. What are they teaching for doctrine is the commandments of men, brother. That's what their commandments are. It don't really matter what's in the Bible. It's their commandments of men. That is their doctrine. I've had people say to me, well, I don't believe in all that doctrine. You lying. What you teach is your doctrine. That's what doctrine is just teaching. What they don't want is good, sound Bible doctrine. What does it do? 
their dogma. Christ said you worship in vain. What's the problem? They were teaching for doctrine the commandments of men and it inevitably leads to vain worship. Laying aside, this is Mark chapter 7, laying aside the commandments of God you hold to the tradition of men. No Bible, or I could say, trying to be sweet, which Bible? you got to have something that's your authority. Then they made the word of God of none effect through their tradition. And you know what they did? They excused themselves from helping their old parents. Violating the clear teachings of Moses right on up to this present time. They didn't care what was in the Bible. It was... They laid it aside, made it void. Now let's go to the Sadducees. They're followers of the her- heretic Sicodian. They taught there are no miracles, no resurrection, no angels. You're not dead in your sins. That means you do not need a supernatural new birth. Then along came Pelagius, and it's called Pelagianism. You can find this for yourself. I'm not trying to impress you. And most Protestants adhere to that. What is it? We bring God down and subject Him to our falsely so-called free will. Pelagianism. And it didn't sound good to some of the people, so they modified it, and it's called semi- or modified Pelagianism. You know what the big push in there is? So-called decisional regeneration. Now, we make our decision, but you're not saved by what you do. You say by sovereign work of Almighty God. Election, predestination, foreknowledge, regeneration, the new birth, Him beginning a good work. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He starts the work and we respond. Brother Barney, I avoided the word responsibility because it ain't in the English Bible. But I looked it up. By definition, responsibility is responding to a stimulus. That's what God took His people and the Spirit and the bride said, Come. And we responded to the call of God, a sovereign work of God. That's strange. That's strange in some Baptist churches. That's strange in some Baptist churches I started preaching in 57, 8 years ago. They don't want to hear it. It's in their face. Lord God, where's your security? Where's your assurance? It's all unsound doctrine. And that's of the devil. That's of the devil. If it's not sound doctrine. It's of the devil. So, well, it's just poor misguided men. Yeah, but who's misguiding them? And who's tricking them? And who's seducing them? They teach. You do not have to have the Bible. I could go in. Let me just go into one. I was with Brother Glenn Ramey years ago. He gave me a a paper. The Phoenix Sun had a big article. And they were declaring, it was very intelligent, articulate people, You do not have to believe in the bodily resurrection to be a Christian. I see eyebrows all across this building. That's very unsound doctrine. That's damnable heresy. But they indicted themselves in the last little paragraph. It's it's, it's almost a quote, people. Brother Raymond said, read it. Maybe read it again because there's a family or two in the church. When you stand up to answer questions, they're going to bring it up. This is what those people put in the paper. It would not disturb us if someone found the skeletal remains of Jesus Christ and could document it. After all, we're saved by faith. So I said from the pulpit, faith in what? 
Or faith in who? And we went into the resurrection. Little faith finally understands Christ's teachings. Verse 8. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason you among yourselves because he brought no bread? Verse 12. Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the living of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood. And people, when you understand Bible doctrine, that is worse than annoying. It's grieving. It's sad. The entire congregations are led astray with unsound doctrine. By an unsound preacher. And they will not endure sound doctrine. They heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Let me just read you from the Bible. These are the promises of God that are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. Now, I won't, yeah, I'm going to tell them myself. I was in a prayer meeting a long time ago. All night prayer meeting. Sister Anita's on the page with me. Second time I woke up, I got to listening to the praying. Brother Barney, I'm sad to report to you, we were praying against God's Word. We're trying to get God to stop something that He's not only going to stop, it will become worse. Listen to this from the Word of God. Christ's words are more important than our pleasant bread. Then understood they... Men's doctrine is more dangerous than we think. Our doctrine should point people to Jesus Christ, not us, and not even the doctrine primarily, but to point us to the fulfillment of all the Word of God in Jesus Christ. He's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Here they are. They lie in wait to deceive. They will not endure sound doctrine. They suppose that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And that's Jesus Christ. Pastor, I think I'm through with that. People, the doctrine of the Bible is more important than you and I think. Unsound doctrine leading captive silly women and entire congregations astray is evil. It's not of God, it's of the devil. Now, sovereign God's in, tro- in charge. They would not receive the love of the truth, so God sends strong delusion. They would not believe the true prophets in the Old Testament. God sent lying prophets. And we could go on and on with this, but I want to close with this. If you desire the Word of God and the truth of God, and this little black-headed, toe-headed boy was jumping around here like a grasshopper, and God settled him down and saved him, called him to preach and put him in the ministry here. If he's teaching you sound doctrine, and he got a couple of knotheads come in here teaching y'all sound doctrine, you people ought to be so thankful and so grateful and praising God and praying for him. Thank you, Lord, for this time with your children. They've listened attentively. And I try to refrain from just going on and on. And I pray, Lord, you'd make this real to us. 
that we really would desire your word more than our pleasant bread. You've shown me, Lord, our only guard on our side down here on earth, our only guard against the widespread apostasy is your word. And what you show us from your word, teach us truth, O Lord. Lead us into present truth. We're going to give you the praise and the glory for it. Even when we don't understand, we still thank and praise you for calling us out of the darkness, delivering us, calling us into your marvelous light. And we'll thank you and praise you tonight and throughout all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.